and just say, run the race well. Okay? God does not ask us to be perfect. Christ is perfect. I am not. A lot of my life, especially since we adopted some 15 years ago, has been deconstructing the perfect John. Uh, I've had a lot of help from all of my kids and my wife and a lot of people around here, but that youngest has been used by God just to tear apart my pride and to, to get me to a place of humility. If you recognize the voice in that clip, it's because anybody who knows the Focus on the Family program knows John Fuller. And today we'll get to hear more about who John is and what he's gained and learned in his years of working for the ministry of Focus in the U.S. Graham, you were able to get some time with John in the studio at Focus head office in America when you were there. And I'm sure it must have felt quite odd to be the host of the show that John usually co-hosts. And I'm sure John felt the same way being interviewed. Absolutely, Alison. In fact, we even spoke about the role being reversed and how strange that felt for him. But John Fuller is a great guy. Having been at Focus on the Family for so long and holding the position that he does in the ministry, he spoke with such humility and grace. And I really believe that our listeners are going to appreciate John's honesty and candid, authentic approach to life. Well, let's go now to that recording with you and John and hear some of those pearls of wisdom that he left with you during the conversation. Focus on the Family is a ministry that helps families thrive. And we do that in a range of different ways, through resources and seminars and events, counseling and community development and orphan care. But one of the primary ways we're able to impact lives is through radio. And we have about two and a half million listeners in Africa that tune in to Focus on the Family. And while we have a range of different radio programs, the flagship program is the Focus on the Family broadcast, this broadcast which is that half-hour daily dose of encouragement and advice for the family with Jim Daly and John Fuller. And it's my privilege today to be in the studio with none other than John Fuller, co-host of the Focus on the Family broadcast. Uh, John is vice president of the audio team at Focus in the U.S., which creates and produces award-winning audio programs and features. Millions listen on thousands of stations worldwide and increasingly through digital media. Mm -hmm. John, welcome to Focus on the Family Africa. Well, thank you. It is, uh, it's fun to be able to talk to you. It's a little odd to be talking in a studio setting with you, Graham, because usually it's over dinner or something like that. Yeah. Well, I feel like I know you, not just because we've had some dinners together, but because I get to hear your voice almost every day. Um, and so we get some insight. Our, our listening audience gets insight, a little bit of insight into who is John Fuller, but really probably just scratching on the surface. And so I'd really like to just get to know you a bit better today. Um, I'd like to hear how you came to faith and how you came to focus. Yeah. So maybe start with your journey of faith. Sure. Um, I grew up in a, in a good, solid, intact home. Uh, parents uh, deeply religious, but there was not a vibrant relationship with Christ. And uh, the scriptures were something we heard at church, but we didn't look at beyond. There might have been a Bible or two somewhere. So a good, solid set of foundational beliefs and values. Mm -hmm. But in high school, I was introduced to the love of Jesus Christ through a youth program uh, here in the States called Youth for Christ. Well, it's an international yeah. uh, outreach. And um, I got involved just because of the social aspects, and they were so accepting of me. At one point, I just I kind of looked up uh, at these people around me and thought, they have something. Yeah. What is it? Because I want that. 
And I came to understand it's the love of Jesus in them. So at one point, uh, I, I, I prayed what we call the sinner's prayer, and I waited for something to happen, and nothing <laughs> happened. And so it's like, that might, maybe that didn't work, so I tried it again. <laughs> Ten nights in a row, I prayed that. If you're not in the faith, you sometimes see things, you know, the dramatic accounts. And I was waiting for something, and it didn't happen. The Damascus experience. The guy that ran the, yeah, exactly. The guy that ran the program said, you know, he saw me in the hallways at school. Hey, John, how's it going? I said, well, Dick, I, I've been praying this prayer, and nothing is happening. And he just said, John, this is where faith comes in. If you reached out to God, and you said, Jesus, save me, he'll do that. And now you walk with the assurance that he's heard that prayer. You may not see something right away, but you walk with him. And that kind of has characterized my spiritual uh, walk ever since, Graham. I've exercised a lot of faith. I have seen some pretty dramatic interventions by God. But as a 16-year-old, that was profound wisdom, and that really set the course for a, a slow, steady walk with Christ. I think it's so important for people to hear testimonies like that because... We tend to hear the testimonies and focus on those dramatic accounts, uh, but it's the minority, I think. I wanted that, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. wanted to have the testimony that was he was an axe murderer, and then he came, <laughs> I wasn't working on that, you know, <laughs> yeah. on that part of it. But I've realized since God spared me from a lot because yeah. those dramatic testimonies of people that hit the bottom, I didn't have to do that. Yeah. And so he spared me a lot of pain. Yeah. Not that he loves you less because he didn't spare you from the pain, but I realized, no, I, I can embrace this testimony. Yeah. It doesn't play well in a movie, but it's yeah. really, really an awesome thing to be able to say, God provided uh, a means of escape from sin when I was 16. And I, hadn't, I, I wasn't a druggie. I wasn't doing stupid things. I was pretty innocent and naive, but I was still lost as, a, you know, lost yeah. as could be. Yeah. So thank you, Lord, for yeah, that. Absolutely. And I, I think there's power in every story. Mm -hmm. uh, there really is. And so thank agree. you for sharing your story. Um, so that's your, your journey of faith. Maybe you can tell me which order it came, coming to focus or just starting your own family. Yeah, so my family came first um, in terms of... And that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always family first, right? Still. So I was working at a Christian radio station in Texas, and uh, I had the privilege of helping start actually two stations uh, in a community east of, of Dallas, Texas. And we played Focus on the Family. And I remember being in the garage after we got married. Uh, Dina, my wife, and I got married in 84. Uh, and I, I would listen to Focus Weekend. And I'd be cleaning out the garage. This is before kids. You know, we knew we wanted kids, but fairly young as a couple. And just kind of drinking in the wisdom of Focus. And then when Focus moved to Colorado in 91, a friend asked me if I'd write a letter of reference for him because he was applying to work at Focus. And I said, sure. And the more I thought about writing his letter, the more I thought, <laughs> I'd kind of like to move to Colorado and work for Focus. So I applied, and it took about six months. But 28 years ago, I applied to work at Focus and got a job working on the radio team, uh, writing and producing for Dr. Dobson. Wow. And uh, I haven't left the broadcast department since, and it's been a really awesome journey. Yeah. And then, so you were married, uh, but then kids came off. Well, yeah, I should have kept my family first. So I got <laughs> married, we listened to Focus, we had kids. Yeah, we had about a year and a half of trying to have kids. And so technically, I think that means we were infertile. Uh, we didn't do any extremes, but there was a little intervention to help us kind of 
kickstart that process. And finally, we did have our first in 88. We had a miscarriage in about 90. And our second was born just eight hours after I accepted the job offer from Focus. Oh, wow. (laughs) So we had the baby. I thought, okay, we'll sell the house and move to Colorado. Instead, what I did was I boxed up the house and we moved and we didn't sell the house for like eight years, but that's okay. Uh, We came to Focus with two kids and it was a great, great adventure because my wife is a Texan. And if you're in the States at all, Texans, they don't move very often. They like their state. I believe so. <laughs> you know, I've been hearing it's like a country on its own. It is. <laughs> it is. But she uh, she's embraced Colorado and we've been very grateful to be here. Well, you've had the privilege of interviewing some incredible experts yes. over the years. And if we were to break it down into marriage and parenting, because those are kind of the key areas of focus for focus on the family and maybe starting with marriage what what would you say were some of your greatest takeaways even Mm. just for your own marriage yeah you had kind of hinted before we came into the studio that you might be asking for some things and i made some notes but i I wasn't thinking categorically like that i like the approach because (laughs) marriage is a key foundational ministry uh, indicator for us it's it's a key part of what we do I would say, you know, guys and gals have impacted me over the years, and I've absorbed so much in 28 years of working with radio guests, um, and and so much in 19 years, 18 years, I guess, uh, being here in the studio with them. Gary Chapman comes to mind, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying a lot of what I've learned is from people who have thought long and hard. They've looked at the scriptures, they've looked at psychology or relationships, They've looked at parenting or whatever, and they've kind of come up with handles for me to grab onto, things that uh, make it easier to, in the moment, kind of exercise good patterns and habits in the relationship. So people like Gary Chapman, the five love languages, Now that's easy, you know. So my wife is a quality time person. You know, there's time, there's words of affirmation, there's physical touch, gifts, and acts of service. So she's definitely a time person and an acts of service. And I'm not. I'm a words and touch guy. Yeah. Jim and I were in the studio after we had had Gary here. Jim was like, John, what's your love language? And I said, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. But we <laughs> talked about it with Gary and it was like, okay, words of affirmation. Yeah. I went home and I said, so we had Gary Chapman in the studio. And Dina said, yeah. And I said, so uh, my love language is words of affirmation. And she said, so? <laughs> that wasn't the words you it, were looking it for. It was, no, a words guy. Give me some words. But it, it was a funny moment, and I have her permission to share that because it really does characterize, uh, I mean, many husbands and wives identify with what I just said, right? You, you're not tracking the same way. Even this morning, Graham, she's like in the other room kind of yelling at me so, she, so I can <laughs> hear words. her. I said, the windows are open. Somebody's going to hear us and think we're arguing. <laughs> well, you were over there. So that moment right there was funny, but it really highlighted, yeah, we really are different. We've been married 25 plus years at that time. So Gary Chapman has helped me navigate and understand. I'm not going to get the words from her. I'm just not. And it's okay. How do I love her? Where is she at? Okay, you know what? What I need to do is step up and do the acts of service. And what I need to do is clear the calendar and just listen to her. You know, Gary, Thomas helped frame things. Is it about you or is it about serving Christ in the marriage? Is it about fulfillment from your spouse or is it about holiness? It's not like it's all either or. And Gary would tell you that it's more than just this or that. But those two guys um, 
have really, I think, impacted my marital relationship pretty significantly. Have you had occasions where you've learned something on the broadcast and taken it home and begun to implement it and your wife has recognize that you're employing some strategies here. Yes, Is she grateful for your job at Focus? Totally. (laughs) Greg Smalley and I were talking. You know, Greg's on staff here, and I love Greg. He and I are good friends um, off air and on. And he was framing something, and and I took his advice home. And Dina just looked at me and said, who did you have in the studio today? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, so obvious you're trying this. I mean, it's not natural. But it's like, well, we we want to keep working on the relationship. And she would agree, yes. But it was sort of one of those, am I a project now? Don't make me a a radio research project. (laughs) So Jim and I have both realized there are books that we want to take and leave lying around, but we can't be so blatant as to put it on the bed. We have to kind of just put it under some paperwork and hope they find it, right? Not that we have arrived and our wives need to learn. It's just that we get the benefit of hearing from so many great people. Absolutely. I was going to say, I would think, Maybe if you investigate, you'll find out that uh, Dina and Jean sometimes uh, get together and say, let's think about which guest we should try and prompt them to get in the studio because this is what we need in our marriage. I have no doubt, Graham, that you just uncovered <laughs> something. There is supposedly a monthly prayer meeting uh, yeah. that they're at, <laughs> and I wonder if it's something else. No, they're really Conspiracy praying. They, they really do pray. And I, Let me just say, There's an element here that people may not realize. There's a spiritual component that underlies everything here at Focus. We prayed before we started this conversation. We pray before every radio broadcast. And Gene Daly started when Jim became president back in 2004 of Focus U.S., she started a monthly prayer time for Focus with some of the wives and spouses. And so they do that. And I... I absolutely make sure Dina gets the time clear to go if she can. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the regulars, and I'm so grateful for that. And that, that heart that Jean has to do the spiritual work, yeah. because there are things that we can't accomplish without God's intervention. I'm so grateful for that. But maybe every now and then they are conspiring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you've got, is it six We do kids. have six kids, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Five are adults and one wants to be. Okay. <laughs> uh, five have moved out of the house or moved back in. All of them have moved out and in at least once. One of them has said, I'm never moving back. And so far, he's kept his word. Yeah. And I think another one has pretty much, he's done. He's not going to come back. Yeah. Um, right now, we have two of the girls back, and it's good. Um, yeah. I love interacting with the girls. I mean, all the kids have been fun at every age, but there's something really nice about a 20-something kid back in the home where you can talk over coffee. Even this morning, this one daughter said, thanks for listening, Dad. I know it went from zero to 60 really fast. I wasn't talkative at all, and then I just dumped on you. Thanks for listening. It's like, yeah, that's fun. I like that. This is a good, rich stage of parenting. You're in that, yeah, that stage where... It's friendship. I yeah, that's yeah I, yeah. I try to tell parents there's a journey here, and it feels like everything is these first 18 years, but it's not. Yeah. Everything is the first 10 or 12 years. After that, good luck trying to control your kid. And after they're 20, you hope that for the rest of their lives, they're going to stay connected to you. Yeah. And you're going to be able to pick up the phone or text or, or yeah. social media, whatever it is. And right now, we're enjoying some of the benefits of the work that we invested in the early years because... For the rest of my life now, it as you said, it's it's friends. Yeah, yeah. So that same question then uh, to help you in your in your parenting because you've been yeah twenty eight years. Yes. So, so your kids were. We have raised younger. our kids literally yeah. on focus on the family. <laughs> so 
a couple of a preamble here. Yeah. So I've been really intentional not to do the you should behave this way because I work at Focus thing. Yeah. Um, but I think people like Tim Kimmel and Kevin Lehman. There are others, of course, who come to mind, but those are two names that come to mind. Kimmel, Tim and Darcy Kimmel talk about grace yeah. in parenting so much. You know, Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll talked, he wrote that book on grace, and that's been an influence. The parable uh, in Luke 15 yeah. of the, the forgiving father, or yeah. some would call it the prodigal son. Um, those have all profoundly impacted me because I want to be the forgiving father that says, I didn't do it all right. I recognize there's been some grief, but come on, come back home. And so Lehman for just some of those practical tools, you know, you know, little Johnny, the way he talks, you know, (laughs) you know, don't give in, you know, well, that's how it is, Hubert. I mean, you know, just the natural consequences. I love Kevin. Kevin's been a a dear champion of mine and and a great friend. Um, Tim and Darcy Kimmel, just for the grace to say, okay, I'm not perfect as a parent. My kid is not perfect as a child. Let's figure this out. Let's major on the majors and let's minor on the minors. Example, so, I mean, grace in action. I have a teenage son and he's pushing boundaries. And it wasn't serious boundaries, but at one point he just looked at his mom and said, can I get an earring? Now, this is like 15 years ago, okay? In the States, boys didn't have earrings too much back then. And she just looked at him and said, I don't care. Oh, we got an earring. Yeah. <laughs> Still has it. Yeah. Has two, and and he has tattoos. I won't mention uh, where, and I and we don't ask too many questions. Just like that's your body, and you're an adult, so whatever. But he later asked when he was about I don't know sixteen. He said, "Can I dye my hair green?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Oh, he never did. Yeah, but it was one of those. What's the real key here, parents? Yeah. Are you looking for robots, or do you want a shepherd? a sense of independence and a sense of, you know what, that's a superficial thing. I know in some circles what I just said is going to be controversial. Somebody's going to say, yeah, but there's scripture that says, okay, get it, I get it. But in in reality, Mm -hmm. when they turn 13, 14, I cannot control their decisions. I just have to affirm the good ones and say, you know, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then just hope they hear me because you really only have influence then yeah in my experience and you want to focus on those those areas of character rather than as you say the superficial things which can get us really uh, concerned or riled up i have to sometimes remind my wife our kids are much younger but it's things like the the messy room you know and that really irks her (laughs) yeah my wife said I said, I'm not sure that it really matters that her room, one of our yeah. kids' rooms, is a mess. And she said, it's a sign of character. Yeah. And I said, actually, I, th- I don't think so. <laughs> you have the same problem. Uh, we've got the same problem. And, and you don't want to just let it go completely because there is something about respecting their space. Yes, and, yes. But it still doesn't compare to honesty and integrity and, and, and those characters. And issues. the story isn't over. I mean, this yeah. issue is not, this is just temporal. I, you know, yeah. look at the long term and where are they at. And mm-hmm. and this is where my kids are all fiercely independent. I sometimes wish they would call and ask my opinion. They just do a lot of life on their own in their 20s. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Because we do have a closeness of relationship, but it's the character. Yeah. I think most of my adult kids, most people would say they're good people. Yeah. And that pleases me. Yeah, yeah. Not because I did something right, but because... 
by God's grace, they grabbed onto the things that were really important. Values. Yeah. 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 Well, you said earlier you weren't really prepared on the categories. Yeah. And so if I just said to you, what was what has been your greatest takeaway oh. in your 28 years uh. of sitting a, across from these experts? I'll make this up on the fly and just say, run the race well. Yeah. Okay. God does not ask us to be perfect. Christ is perfect. I am not. A lot of my life, especially since we adopted some 15 years ago, has been deconstructing the perfect John. Uh, I've had a lot of help from all of my kids and my wife and a lot of people around here. But that youngest has been used by God just to tear apart my pride and to to get me to a place of humility and keep Mm -hmm. me there. Because it would be easy to think I've got to run well and perfectly. But what I'm getting to is I'm going to run the race well. I've got the great cloud of witnesses who are cheering me on. But we have had so many guests in here, Graham, who are broken. Not too long ago, we had Russ and Tori Taff here. Okay, I grew up on Christian radio in the 80s. I played Russ Taff's music all the time, from when he was at the Imperials to when he was solo. I did not know the level of struggle that man and his wife have had. As an alcoholic, as a broken man, he would go on stage and cut records and sing of Jesus and do it well. And then his personal life was in shambles, but he's still together. He's still hanging on to God and in a, in a deeper, more authentic way. So people like that and all the stories along the way have reminded me, run the race. Wow. That's good. Well, as we come in for a landing, I want to flip it to a little bit of a lighter side of things because I'm sure you've had some moments in the studio that have been hilarious. Oh, golly, yes. Uh, and we probably don't get to hear those because <laughs> no. they get edited out. So I, I wanted to ask, what, what has been maybe the funniest thing that's happened? All right, so the one that comes to mind immediately, and I think you've seen the video clip of the time we had Dr. Gary Chapman here in the studio. We'll, en- we'll begin and end with Gary Chapman. <laughs> so Gary had been here a couple of times. He is so good. He is just a great communicator. And um, he, he was comfortable with us because he had been here a couple of times. And he was talking about what he should do when he speeds. Because he and his wife were driving along, and she said, watch your speed. And he's like, you know, when you tell me that, it reminds me of my dad, and it makes me have this kind of visceral reaction. And, and so I, I react negatively. So I wonder if you could just do something different there. And she, she said, well, do you want me to make a siren sound? Like, a, you know, you're being pulled over for speeding? No, no. So... And Gary played this so well. He he uh, he said, so I, I told her, well, why don't you just, if you see I'm speeding, put your hand on my leg. And when you do, that'll be my sign to slow down. Now, I mentioned love languages. Jim's love language, one of them has to be physical touch. Because when he heard that, he took that to me and put your hand on my leg <laughs> in kind of a, hey, hon, uh, nudge, nudge moment. And so he took it to mean kind of a romantic overture. He said, I think I'd go faster if Jean put her hand on my leg. And Jim started laughing and he couldn't stop. And so, so Gary, we had to stop and we record the program. So Gary kind of picked it up and said it again. And Jim started laughing again. And he was so caught up in the moment, he had to leave the room <laughs> for us to kind of finish that section and keep going. 
my side hurt. I could not recover. It took me like 15 minutes to recover from that. Now, that's a part of Jim that I love, and it yeah. makes this a true joy because he is so fun and engaging. I know our, our listeners hear a tender side of him a lot, yeah. um, but there is also a funny side of Jim that just makes this job a joy. And that's that's probably one of the preeminent times. So those half-hour programs sometimes take an hour. Sometimes with, they with take a, lot a of little bit longer. It seems like there was another time not too long ago where he had to leave. But we'll just suffice it to say that Gary Chapman got the better of Jim Daly because he kept playing that one really well. Well, John Fuller, uh, co-host of the Focus on the Family broadcast, it's really been so great to get to know you a little bit better. And uh, here's some incredibly important takeaways that you've taken that we can all apply. So thanks for being with us. Well, I appreciate it, Graham. Thank you so much. And may God richly bless your work as uh, you continue to uh, press on for families. Thank you. Uh, it was so good to hear John Fuller being interviewed on the program in his own right. I think as a Focus employee over now more than 30 years, he certainly must hold within him a fountain of wisdom and knowledge, particularly sitting in that studio and hearing so many experts share their wisdom and their stories. And it was definitely fun to hear about some of the behind the scenes laughter that happens in that studio. We are celebrating 30 years since Focus on the Family started here in South Africa. And as a part of that celebration, we've been airing some of our favorite locally produced radio programs. I do hope you've been enjoying them. So many incredibly powerful principles are shared through the Focus program on a daily basis. So I want to encourage you to get onto our website and browse the broadcast page to find a program on a topic that you may need some input in. Another great way to access this content is to download the Focus on the Family Africa app, which you'll find in the various app stores. And then share the programs with your friends and family. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you to join us next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.